back to Hour 2 of Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. Had a rather a heated exchange on that last segment there. <laughs> you know? I'm sorry, Rebecca. Oh, that's okay. Oh, that's okay. I'm joking. No. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't try to be confrontational on here with anybody unless they want to get confrontational with me. Yeah, like, and that wasn't... That, I, I, you know. I, I believe rational people ask questions. Yeah, that's what, we, that's David, what we do here. I think David was being rational and asking questions. I do, questions too. He and, asks great questions. That's, yeah, I, I love it when he calls in, you know, because he always has great questions. It's like, you know... I like questions. But that's more of a conversation than, you know, either one of us getting and going off on a diatribe. So, yeah, it, it just, know. it open, it, it goes down into a rabbit hole in which it's like a whole other show well, <laughs> in itself. I don't pretend to be an authority on the subject. I just, I, I want to ask questions and I want to, I, I want other people to ask questions also. So yeah. that, that would be my point. And I think David was asking great questions and I, I think that, uh, you know, we, the point of that being, why aren't we having a conversation about this? Why didn't we have a real conversation at that time? Why did we accept the 9-11 Commission? Why did we accept the Warren Commission? You know, why are we so willing to accept what government says? Because we didn't know any better, for one. I mean, we don't, we don't know the facts like you would know, like, a, you know, a fire expert. We wouldn't know that. So you accept the facts because you're ignorant of them. Well... I uh, I think we should all be asking questions, just like you stated earlier. And uh, I never have a problem with anybody asking me questions. I think they should. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. What What am I looking here? I'm looking at something. I'm looking at something here. Somebody posted on social media. Do something about these two, or I'm signing off. Which? Oh. Oh. <laughs> so one of my one of my listeners, uh, Ramy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, sorry about that, Ramey. Sometimes we have heated discussions, and uh, you know. But anyway, we're all pretty passionate about what we're talking about. I think most of the time, so I certainly understand that, and I appreciate Minnesota manners. By the way, David, <laughs> I really do. Yeah, yeah, I do too. So anyway, so um, I I do want to spend just a few more minutes sure. uh, on that topic because there's a couple of these are the things you sh- you should be asking questions about. Okay. You know, the thing you were talking about, Jason, is if you look at the speed at which the buildings collapsed, I mean, they, they collapsed at free fall speed. I mean, I watched while it was happening live. You know, I didn't watch a recording. I watched the live broadcast from the news. And they did. They falled at like, fell at like free, free fall speed. And so the question you would ask is, okay, let's say that all of that information is correct. Um, that they're saying about, you know, the weight of the top of the building basically acting like a pile driver and crashing down on the, all the floors below. Um, that would be something that wouldn't be instantaneous. I, I, I agree with you on that. I don't think it would. I can't see a free fall speed. The only way I can see a free fall speed is if you take out the floors below it at the same time so it all goes down simultaneously. That's what happens during a controlled demolition. And that's, that's the thing that's really suspicious about that. And I don't believe, you know, just they instantly had explanations for this right after it happened. I remembered that. And, and then, you know, but the real thing, okay, let's say you want to forget all about that. And, and forget about the engineers who designed those buildings to yeah. withstand the impact of a 747. Yeah. You, you, have to, you have to suspend that as well. Yeah. They're on tape saying this. So 
but we look at the, the, the question about Building 7, which nobody wants to talk about that, and it never gets explained. Building 7, which was, you know, the, the World Trade Center complex is not just, was not just two buildings. It was like a series of buildings, mm-hmm. and it was called World Trade Center, and it, it included several buildings. There was a building number 7, which uh, did not get hit by planes. Okay. Correct. Now, let's say we take we take the argument uh, that the 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 towers collapsed because of the reasons that they're giving us, okay? Building 7 collapsed the same way and it wasn't hit by an airplane. Matter of fact, it was just on fire a little bit because a a piece came off of one of the buildings and hit it and it was a little bit on fire. But go in Talk about the information you had on that during the break, Jason, because that's really, really interesting. Building 7 ultimately collapsed like a pancake, like a controlled demolition, just like the towers did. And it did not get hit by an airplane. Now, since when have we ever, before 2001, ever seen a building collapse like that for any reason that was on fire in which it collapsed like that? I've never seen a single one. I can show you of a video of a building on fire for 18 hours in Pennsylvania. I'm pretty sure it's in Pennsylvania. 18 hours. And it burns everything except for the steel. Um, yeah. And, and it burned know. for hours and the steel was still there. That's right. Yeah. And, the structure. Yeah. Here's some of the questions that I have for people. Okay. Um, and they're kind of obvious questions that we really never asked. At what temperature does concrete pulverize? So we watched, we know that, that concrete ended up a mile and a half away. So how, at what temperature does concrete explode? So that's something that I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if anybody can explain. I don't think that they can. I think that ultimately they will um, have to come to the conclusion that something blew concrete up. Um, in order for it for that to happen, and so uh, that's certainly something that I think people should be asking themselves. Again, the free fall speed—if you time those buildings and you watch them fall in six seconds or you know six point five seconds, whatever it is—you realize that all of the resistance underneath, from the top down, has been removed because it can't fall down just like a casino in Vegas and not have some of the same properties mm-hmm. and uh, removed basically, which is all of the resistance. And that's what cutter charges do. They, they cut parts of the beam um, in order to, to remove the resistance. Um, so the building just completely, you know, um, yeah. falls down on top of itself, mm-hmm. which is the safest way to bring these buildings down. And it's still dangerous, extremely dangerous. So, um, so yeah, that's that's kind of what what I would be asking. And I don't think that the 9-11 Commission is uh, anything to be proud of. Um, I think all of those people, um, I know one senator resigned from the commission out of protest uh, uh, of what he thought was a complete whitewash. You'll notice that they don't address World Trade Center 7 almost at all in that commission. I mean, they give it like three sentences or something like that. Their their whole explanation is about buildings one and two. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, and you can't apply that same explanation to building seven because the circumstances were completely different. Well, and there's a lot of other things going on that day, right? Why is George Tenet, the director of the CIA, meeting with the Pakistani, uh, the director of the Pakistani ISI, Mahmoud Ahmed? 
okay, who they a month after September 11th peg as the money man for September 11th. Okay, but he's having a meeting with with George Tennant the day of September 11th. Um, that's on record. So I would look into that. I would certainly be asking George Tennant questions about that. Um, I would also be asking the senator and the congressman who met with Mahmoud Ahmed um, what their meeting was about. I think they both were actually asked what that meeting was about. I would love to have somebody find out what what they said. Um, But these are some of the things that I think people should be paying attention to anytime the government is telling you anything. You know, there's an old axiom that says, uh, you know, you can either trust the government or you know history, but you can't do both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was the thing with Building 7 in which uh, they, you know, what was the thing about somebody saying pull it? Who said that? Oh, that was um, Silverstein, the owner of those buildings, um, who was on, you know, this is a very famous video. People have seen it all over the place. He says, you know, we had to pull it because so much life had been lost. And I can't remember the rest of the quote, but, you know, everybody that was paying attention to this is paying attention to this term pull it, which you find out later is an actual demolition term. And so, you know, and you watch Tower 7 and you, you, you understand what was in that building. You understand maybe why they wanted it destroyed. What was in Tower, tower 7? Everything. 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 There was the FBI, the CIA had some sort of office in there. Um, the SEC had an office in there and there was a big, I don't know if you guys remember, but that was during the big banking um, scandal, Enron, all of that was happening at that time. You think they were doing that to cover up uh, some stuff? Well, Rudy Giuliani was told not to put his mayoral command center in the top of that building, seven, and he did it anyway. And so he was in that building too. But yeah, if you ever get a list of who was in that building, it will flat out blow you away who was on that list of of entities and organizations that you're like, well, that kind of makes sense why they might want to take that building out. So I don't know if you guys have been following uh, Tucker Carlson or not on Twitter. He started uh, doing, he's done two episodes now. I watched his second one this morning before I came in. But... uh, I watched it last night. I, I it, yeah. yeah, I'm interested in Tucker Carlson. Oh I'll yeah, tell he, you guys an interesting story about him at, at the break. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Fox News. I mean, there is uh, information out there now. I, I haven't seen the actual proof of this yet, but that Fox News is coming after him uh, for saying that he breached his contract. Now, a contract with Tucker Carlson would only involve uh, him working for someone else okay and even a lot of time those non-compete contracts they don't hold water in court that's what i've heard um but he i'm fearful of mine all right (laughs) but but the thing is is that he's not working for anyone right now he's simply doing like what i'm doing right now okay Nobody's paying me to do this uh, on my own. That is the key. I am speaking out on social media right now, and that's what Tucker Carlson is doing. So wouldn't Fox News coming after him for simply exercising his right to free speech? um, He's not under their roof. He's doing his own thing from wherever it is he's he's broadcasting from, and he's simply stating his, his thoughts on things over social media, over Twitter. He's not competing with anyone. 
because competing would indicate that he's working for someone. He's not working for anyone. I, you would have to this, read that specific non, non-compete, right? And I would think Fox would be smart enough to know what, what, what kind of power content creators have at this point. I mean, Joe Rogan has the biggest audience of anybody, I yeah. think. I, I'm pretty sure of anybody. You know, I mean, you could add CNN, Fox, all of them together. And I think Joe Rogan's... Uh, so they may have tried to head that off at the pass in that non-compete, or at least I would have tried to head that off at the past, knowing how popular and powerful he is. Um, so if they didn't do that, uh, but I, 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 that's probably in there. It's content creation, whether he's being paid or not. Um, and so I don't know. It just depends on 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 that particular non-compete agreement. Well, you know, I, I think that... Uh, I would think those lawyers over at Fox were smart enough to try to get, you know, content creation in there, but he might have had smart smart enough lawyers to say, no, I'm walking away. You guys are giving me money. I, I still have my name. I'm still allowed to do whatever I want as long as I'm not being paid by somebody. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's going to set a really dangerous precedent if Fox wins out in this. I think... Uh, I, I believe that he's got a right to free speech, and I think that's what he's doing. He's speaking out. Anyway, I want to play. I want to play this episode one. I want to comment on it as we go because he he really really says a lot of really interesting things in this. I'm sure you you said you'd seen it. Um, so here it oh, is. I, I, huh? I, I haven't seen episode one. Oh, I you watched, haven't? I, no, I watched episode oh. two. And, and okay, all right. Well, you're gonna like this then. Okay, here we go. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. This morning, it looks like somebody blew up the Kokovka Dam in southern Ukraine. The rushing wall of water wiped out entire villages, destroyed a critical hydropower plant, and as of tonight, puts the largest nuclear reactor in Europe in danger of melting down. So if this was intentional, it was not a military tactic. It was an act of terrorism. The question is, who did it? Well, let's see. The Kokovka Dam was effectively Russian. It was built by the Russian government. And it currently sits in Russian-controlled territory. The dam's reservoir supplies water to Crimea, which has been, for the last 240 years, home of the Russian Black Sea Fleet. Blowing up the dam may be bad for Ukraine, but it hurts Russia more. And for precisely that reason, the Ukrainian government has considered destroying it. In December, the Washington Post quoted a Ukrainian general saying his men had fired American-made rockets at the dam's floodgate as a test strike. So really, once the facts start coming in, it becomes much less of a mystery what might have happened to the dam. Any fair person would conclude that the Ukrainians probably blew it up, just as you would assume they blew up Nord Stream, the Russian natural gas pipeline, last fall. And in fact, the Ukrainians did do that, as we now know. It's not like Vladimir Putin is anxious to wage war on himself. Oh, but that's where you're wrong, Mr. and Mrs. Cable News consumer. Vladimir Putin is exactly that sort of man, the sort of man who'd shoot himself to death in order to annoy you. We know this from the American media, which wasted no time this morning in accusing the Russians of sabotaging their own infrastructure. Bill Kristol, the man who once told us that Saddam Hussein was responsible for 9-11, immediately denounced Putin as a war criminal and even more savagely compared him to Donald Trump. The rest of the pundit class made similar clearly coordinated noises. Putin did it! Putin did it! And their reasoning was simple. Putin is evil, and evil people do evil things purely for the dark joy of being evil. 
In this specific case, Putin attacked himself, which is the most evil thing you can do, and therefore perfectly in character for a man that evil. That was their explanation. No one who's paid to cover these things seemed to entertain even the possibility it could have been the Ukrainians who did it, no chance of that. Ukraine, as you may have heard, is led by a man called Zelensky. And we can say for a dead certain fact that he was not involved. He couldn't have been. Zelensky is too decent for terrorism. <laughs> now, you see him on television, and you might form here, a different impression. Sweaty and rat-like, a comedian turned oligarch, a persecutor of Christians, a friend of BlackRock. But don't believe your own eyes. Actually, Mr. Zelensky is a very good man. The best, really. As George W. Bush once noted, he is our generation's Winston Churchill. Of all the people in the world, our shifty, dead-eyed Ukrainian friend in the tracksuit is uniquely incapable of blowing up a dam. Now, I'm going to pause that there because this kind of goes into what I was talking about on my opening monologue. This is the narrative that they've been repeating over and over and over again. And, you know, for some reason, the Democrat Party seems to have been wanting to have a war with Russia for years. And, and, and I spoke out about this when, when um, Obama was president, how I felt like before Obama was president, we were kind of working in the direction of maybe being an ally with Russia, which I believe they should be an ally. That's my opinion. And, but the Democrats seem to have been wanting to just Russia, Russia, Russia constantly. You know, they're always demonizing Russian in this little meeting. And, and actually, um, Tucker talks about this in a minute. They're just gleefully, including Lindsey Graham, just gleefully talking about we're going to we're going to kill them Russians. Mm -hmm. You know, anyway, here, let's, let's. It, it's frightening. It is. It's very scary. OK, here we go. Yeah, this was He's literally a living saint, a man in whom there is no sin. That's why Lindsey Graham is so attracted to him. They're just two good people hanging out together and being good. And like all good people, when they meet in person, they spend a lot of time talking about killing people and laughing like friends do. Here's the pair last week. Free or die. Free or die. Now you are free. Yes. And we will be. And the Russians are dying. It's the best money we've ever spent. Thank you so much. No, it's... The Russians are dying. Gonna it's kill the them best Russians. money we've ever spent, Graham says. A smile spreads across his thin, quivering lips as he forms the words. He looks like a starving man contemplating a breakfast buffet. The aroma of death has aroused Lindsey Graham. Thanks so much, replies Zelensky. He feels the same way. See, there's nothing dark here. Just two middle-aged guys celebrating the killing of a population. They don't seem like the kind of people who'd enjoy flooding villages or starting a famine. And in any case, who cares if they are? It's really not your business. Your job is to support Ukraine. Watch Nikki Haley, a Republican candidate for president, explain this principle on CNN. A win for Ukraine is a win for all of us. And for them to sit there and say that this is a territorial dispute, that's just not the case. To say that we should stay neutral, it is in the best interest of America. It's in the best interest of our national security for Ukraine to win. We have to see this through. We have to finish it. See? It's very easy to understand. It is vitally important for you to support Ukraine because it's necessary for Ukraine to be supported by you. Your support is mandatory until it's finished, whatever it is and whatever that means. So shut up and support Ukraine or else you're in trouble. 
Back when they still taught logic, statements like this were known as tautologies. Something is true because it is. The more you repeat it, the truer it becomes. It's a self-reinforcing reality. There was a time when tautologies were considered illegitimate arguments, not to mention hilariously stupid. Only dumb people talk like that. Now everybody in power talks like that. Diversity is our strength. Trans women are women. Zelensky is Churchill. It's all self-evidently true. Doesn't need an explanation and don't ask questions. Yeah, don't ask questions. You know, what they've been doing to people that have been asking questions, especially over the last three years, because now they can get away with it because they've established this new normal, okay? This new normal in which it's okay to silence opposing voices. Now, what about, you know, the... Disinformation Governments Board. Why was not every single American in this country terrified by that? It's like, come on, people. It's a ministry of truth. Disinformation. And this word disinformation, I had never heard of the word disinformation before all of this. It was not a, a word I had ever heard. Disinformation? Mm-hmm. What? It's, it, That's part of the playbook, is they make up a new word. Or they make up a new name. Um, election denier is the one that I, I really just can't tolerate. But um, but they make up a new name and they get people to rap. I mean, it, it's schoolyard tactics, guys. I, and I'm amazed at how well they work on adults. Right? We're supposed to be adults. This stuff was supposed to stop working on us when we were, you know, getting out of the fifth grade. And somehow we've carried this into adulthood, and now our children are going to pay the price of people not acting like adults when we needed adults in the room. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I I, I think that actually that is the way they're teaching children now in school. They're, They're teaching them to, this is what you believe. You know, they're not teaching them how to think. Or to use, you know, critical thinking and to ask questions. No, this is what we are telling you, and this is the truth. I have a friend named Lily Tang Williams, and she came here from China as a 20-year-old. And she's the biggest freedom fighter you will ever meet in your entire life. As a matter of fact, she's famous for for her AR-15 picture um, when she was in Colorado. They were going to try to take away her AR-15, and she went, and that's what got her political, was when they she said, look, I'm from China. <laughs> and she said, I've seen this, this story before. She said, no, you can't take this. And she's been on a, on a political quest ever since. And uh, if you ever get a chance to check out Lily Tang Williams and her story, it is exactly what we're talking about. And she's been warning people for 20 years now, you know, I, this is exactly how they do this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. social credit system coming your way, um, you know, uh, imagine not being able to make your own medical decisions like we weren't over the last three years. Well, they've normalized that now. That's right. They've normalized you not making your own medical decisions. They've, they've normalized the, the idea of no um, informed consent. How frightening is that? I, 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 I could have never imagined that this would happen in, in the United States or really almost anywhere. I mean, this is the sort of thing I would expect to happen in some communist country in which you've got some ruthless military dictator that is telling everybody what to do and there is no 
you know, there is no democracy or, or any kind of vote on anything. You know, we by have, the way, by the way, we don't have a democracy in the United yeah, States. I we wanna, have I several, several of those dictators around. I mean, they, they could take your children now to another state and, and transgender them, you know, without your permission. You can't even go back and get them. You can't even fight for them. You have to just let them go. And like, uh, uh, Biden says, "These are America's children. They're not your children. They're, well, they, you know, they're ours to do as we please." That's been part of the narrative for over ten years. There was a a CNN or MSNBC woman that that tried saying that, and she literally got canceled for saying it. Um, but I was going to tell you guys, remind you guys, a democracy is three wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. A republic is a heavily armed sheep contesting the vote. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, let's finish Tucker, and then I, I want to I get on to the Second Amendment thing a little bit, because I don't know if you saw the video from Gavin Newsom. Okay? And I've got a theory about Gavin Newsom that I just want to put out there. I've been really, really good at putting my theories out there, and they turn out to be true. I got a, a meme. I got tagged in a meme of J- John Cusack standing next to um, Woody Harrelson, and Woody's wearing a total tinfoil hat. And the meme says, "When you find out your conspiracy friend has been right all these years, or something like that," you know. Um, yeah. Right. Okay. Let's finish Tucker here. Let's see. Uh, sound familiar? Of course it does. That's the pap they're serving us day after day in steaming lumpy portions. By this point, (laughs) it's possible that American citizens are the least informed people in the world. Your average yak herder in Tajikistan knows who blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. I love some of these things he comes up with. It's obvious. Does he think some skinny dude in a dress is actually a girl? (laughs) Come on. That idea would never occur to him. You've got to be lied to at full volume over a period of years in order to reach conclusions like that. And of course, we have been. The media lie. They do. But mostly, they just ignore the stories that matter. What's happened to the hundreds of billions of US dollars we've sent to Ukraine? No clue. Who organized those BLM riots three years ago? No one's gotten to the bottom of that. What exactly happened on 9-11? Well, it's still classified. How did Jeffrey Epstein make all that money? How did he die? How about JFK? And so endlessly on. Not only are the media not interested in any of this, they are actively hostile to anybody who is. In journalism, curiosity is the gravest crime. Yesterday, for example, a former Air Force officer who worked for years in military intelligence came forward as a whistleblower to reveal that the US government has physical evidence of crashed non-human made aircraft, as well as the bodies of the pilots who flew those aircraft. The Pentagon has spent decades studying these otherworldly remains in order to build more technologically advanced weapons systems. Okay, that's what the former intel officer revealed, and it was clear he was telling the truth. In other words, UFOs are actually real, and apparently so is extraterrestrial life. Now we know. In a normal country, this news would qualify as a bombshell, the story of the millennium. But in our country, it doesn't. The whistleblower's account ran on a technology website called The Debrief, which you've probably never heard of. The Washington Post had that story. Okay, we're going to have to um, end the Tucker thing because we're coming up on the break. Um, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the... 
invasion from within happening right now. Our friend Christy Hutcherson had an interesting thing she did on social media the other day. Anyway, you're listening to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Have you been wanting to do a podcast but don't have a studio? We can produce your show here at Freedom Speak. We can even do commercials and PSAs. Your podcast here at Freedom Speak Studio would be complete with professional audio and video and we'll stream it to your favorite platform. All you have to do is show up and talk. We do the rest. For details, email us at becca at freedomspeaknm.com. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband-and-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214 or on the web at PerkinsProtectionTraining.com. Are you a small business with unique skills that believes it can bring value to Sandia or our other national labs and would like to grow your national lab contract portfolio? Then listen up. Working with any of the national labs can be overwhelming. From the lengthy terms to the bureaucratic red tape, it can feel like these labs don't want to work with small businesses. Nothing could be further from the truth. They want and need exceptional small businesses to be part of their supply chain. I can help you. My name is Asa Bortz Johnson, owner of Sandia Consulting Group. I spent 10 years as a subcontract manager at Sandia Labs and can help you navigate the bureaucracy. My central objectives are to increase your firm's probability of winning a contract, minimize your administrative burden, shorten the time frame from proposal to purchase order, and maximize your firm's profit. Give me a call at 505-362-3499 or go to my website at sandiaconsultinggroup.com. Schedule your no-cost meet and greet to discuss how Sandia Consulting Group can support your mission. back to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. I was laughing here because Jason is watching me do all of this stuff. You're running the whole show myself. <laughs> running your own boards. <laughs> love it. I love self-sufficient people. Yeah, trust me. There was a learning curve, curve involved. I can't imagine there wasn't. <laughs> there was. Luckily, it was incremental, you know, because therefore the uh, first um, couple of months there, I had Ryan Penfold in here helping out and that way it was kind of like you know I was learning a little time kind of like I remember when I was learning how to fly an airplane because I have a pilot's license too not an ATP like um, our friend David but I have a private pilot and um, I remember when I was first learning it just seemed so overwhelming you know it's like well I'm 
I'm focusing on the instruments. Am I fr- am I you know straight and level? Um, and at the same time, the instructors want me to pay attention to uh, what's the chatter on the radio. And then I'm all having to learn this whole new language on the radio too. All these acronyms and things like that that people talk about. Pilots talk, you know, to make the the conversation as concise and brief as possible. And so when I was first starting out, and I was like trying to handle all of this, like, oh my god, this is so overwhelming. I told my instructor, I said, "Can I just focus on the flying today, and then we'll like get to the radio in a few days?" Oh, okay, yeah, we can do that. So I focused on the flying. Once that, I, I developed the muscle memory on that whole thing, where it was just kind of like, yeah, you know, I read an interesting article the other day where your subconscious mind just kind of runs a lot of things on autopilot, kind of like when you get home after driving on a long trip and you don't remember the last part of the trip. It's like. Your, your mind was doing something else, but your, your subconscious mind, which has driven the road before and knows what to do, is taking care of it for you. Anyone that's ridden with me would tell you I drive like that all the time. Yeah. Like, the, my, my sister-in-law says this about me. She says, the problem with riding with Jason is it feels like driving is the last thing he's thinking about. Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I'm afraid she might be right. Huh. So yeah, I, I understand that, but I'm autopilot. watching you with all these buttons yeah. and these levers and, and uh, all the technology surrounding us. And I'm like, you uh, know, and I love technology, don't get me wrong, yeah, but yeah. I, you know, I'm the guy that needs a sound guy. I'm the guy that needs a video <laughs> guy. Um, yeah. You know, I'll do the writing, you, <laughs> you know, but so I'm impressed. Well, thank you. So anyway, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, this. Um, God, there's so much here going on. Um, I, I have been saying this for months, that we've got an invasion going on right now in this country, and it's being supported by Joe Biden and a whole bunch of other people. They're intentionally allowing our country to be invaded. They're, um, our friend Christy Hutcherson, Women Fighting for America, I actually, she called in on the show a few weeks ago and uh, for a few minutes to talk about some stuff that she was doing. But... She actually witnessed an actual base in which they're bringing in these fighting age men. I, I just want want you to listen to this, and then and then we'll talk about it a little bit. Um, let me find it here real quick. I've got. I'll Do we see. still have all the German soldiers manning our base down in uh, Alamogordo? Do we mm-hmm. talk about that? Uh, it, it's been years. I don't know if they're still there. We were training them, of course. Um, but my understanding was that there was at least a force of German soldiers um, that were stationed here in Alamogordo at Holloman for for years and years. I don't know. I don't remember ever reading that they left. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm gonna yeah. And for those of you that are watching the show live, you'll see the video from this too. Because I'll put that out over the feed. Okay, so here we go. This military camp behind me, this is where they're bringing single young adult males. Highly fortified. You can't get in here. It's like a checkpoint Charlie. Americans, like myself, who's a journalist, on the front lines trying to expose this, gets threatened. Because these type of operations, they don't want the American people to see or know that's going on. Thank goodness we have some brave men and women in uniform who quietly off the record 
tell us these locations because they know that this isn't right. But their hands are tied. But we can be the mouthpiece. We can show you what's going on. This is two days in a row I've been threatened by our own because they don't want the American people to know the truth. Share this message. Copy it. Paste it. Uh, my name's Scott Nugent. I'm a lesbian. Well, no, no, he's not. Anyway, we so don't, we don't care. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> so, all right. So you talk. She's located. If she she had a, a thing the other day where I watched one of her videos in which there were, um, they were bringing in just dozens and dozens, probably hundreds of these fighting age men, and they were quietly loading them on buses and then shipping them out somewhere. And so I, I want to play a clip that maybe some of you guys might have for, uh, forgotten. Um, and let's see. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's from back when Obama was running for president. Okay. He said something that should have been really terrifying to you. And now it looks like it's coming to fruition. And it's like, who's really in, front, in, in charge of the country right now? Is it actually Obama? Kind of makes you wonder. Listen to this. We cannot continue to rely only on our military in order to achieve the national security objectives that we've set. We've got to have a civilian national security force that's just as powerful, just as strong, just as well-funded. Remember that? I do. Well, guess what? We're seeing it now. Mm-hmm. We're seeing it now. And... He wants and and well funded. Oh yes, they are well funded. Looking at look at all the money they're supposedly sending to Ukraine. Do you really think they're really sending all that money to Ukraine? Do you really? You know, I've heard people say Ukraine's losing that war, and it's like, wouldn't you think they would be? Do do you do you think that if Russia really wanted to put the full force of their military onto Ukraine and just wipe the place out? And everybody in it that they couldn't do that. I, I I think they could. So, and and what is this? What is this thing in Ukraine all about anyway? It's like it's about a lot of different a things. lot of different things. You know, bio labs being bio one labs. Of our bio labs. That's right. Over there. We thought it was just money laundering. Yeah. Well, that's well, part of it. That's a huge part of it. Also. You know, so, is it is the money laundering? Okay. So I haven't talked about well. Where's that money going that they're laundering? Well, I think maybe it might be going towards building this thing that Obama talked about. It just sounds country. like Iraq to me. You know, pallets and pallets of, of $100 bills. Cash. To, yep, overnight. To, yep, just went to Iraq, you know. I and mean, and no, everybody and then, wasn't outraged over that? Well, and, and, you know, they weren't because, quite honestly, you know, you had an entire half of the country that was supportive and, you know, rah-rah and yada-yada-yada, and then we get Obama, and, and, and Obama does the same thing, you know? I mean, I've been watching this for a long time now and been trying to tell people that it doesn't really matter when it's the WWF, right? And so you what you you mentioned earlier is we've got a couple of elected people with some courage that are willing to stand up for all of us. And I am frightened that more of us are not willing to stand up for ourselves. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just the state of New Mexico by itself, I, I, 
I don't know why once they took the fence down around our Capitol, our, our building, um, which is what it was called the entire time I've lived here, our house. That's what we've called our, our roundhouse. Mm-hmm. The whole time I've, I've been a New Mexican, which is all my life, it was our house. And they took our house away from us. They put a fence around it because they were so frightened of us. And we didn't do anything about it. We just went away. We didn't have to bother with the fence, right? Because nobody does anything anyway. We all just went away. Well, why did they bother with that? So if you want to know how it happened in the 30s and 40s and how millions of people were exterminated, you know, with the consent of millions more, you're watching it right in front of your eyes. History repeats itself. You're watching what led up to that happening. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I've talked about that numerous times. I've been trying to get through to people. This is why they don't want you to know about history. This is why they don't want to teach history, because they don't want you to recognize the signs of what comes next. And that's why I do what I'm doing here. That's why I do this. Well, you know, I'm not into hyperbolic uh, rhetoric in any way, but I think back to Reagan talking about, we're it. We are the last light of freedom left on this planet. And if this extinguishes, it's gone. And man, I you know I wish I would have paid. I wish I had t- taken that statement a lot more seriously when I was twenty, when he said it, than I am now at fifty. You know, um, we need everybody on board. That's the only way anything is going to change. Mm-hmm. Well, our friend Mike on Facebook, um, he. Uh He said the invasion is only a part of the agenda. Each of these issues contributes to the overall agenda. The agenda is the degradation of our societal structure. And, I, and I've mentioned that before. about and control. And it's not just about the United States. That's the thing. No. This is a global thing going on here. I mean, look at the scamdemic about how it was global and how every single world leader was on board mm-hmm. with all the tyranny that was going on. And that tyranny has continued into different things. What they did was they basically opened up. They opened up uh, the Pandora's box to allow them to do everything else. You know, just like I talked about in my opening monologue about what they've done is they've, they've got people to accept to believe whatever they're told. Right. The big lie. Yeah. You know, you tell somebody the big lie over and over again until they believe it. This was Hitler that said this, you know, and then Bush repeated it. This... Why do people trust government? This is the most amazing thing to me. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I don't have the greatest education in the world. But I was raised to be very, very suspicious of government of any kind. Absolutely. And that doesn't mean I'm not respectful. It doesn't mean that I don't appreciate law enforcement and so many different aspects of government. But when people come to me and they say, oh, you're a libertarian. You don't like roads. Um, You don't like firemen. You don't like police people. I'm like, we had all of that before you started stealing our money out of our checks. Mm-hmm. We had roads. We, we, we had policemen. We had fire departments. You know, 
all before federal income tax. Um, if you look at the history of this country and where it all started, it was basically 1913 when we allowed the Federal Reserve. So Andrew Jackson, when asked what he thought his greatest accomplishment as president was, told everybody, said, my greatest accomplishment was I kept the central bankers out of the United States of America. And then a year after he was out of office, the Federal Reserve Act. So um, that, and then of course, the, then comes the uh, IRS and everything that follows. And government's nature is to get bigger, more powerful, and have more control. And we were taught this over and over and over again. And that's the part that scares me the most is that I talk to a 15 year old and they just think that I'm crazy how much I want freedom and how much freedom I think that they should have, you know, so. Well, wait till they try living without freedom, right? I mean, we're born with freedom. We don't know any better. And this uh, communistic uh, regime that's taking over is like a little nightmare for us because we don't know how to not be free. I watched this comedian the other night. Um, he was from, uh, from uh, Cuba. Or his mom got him out of Cuba, right? And uh, he says, you know, I look white and I look like I tell my mom to shut up, but I don't, you know? And he was really funny. And he says, he says, my mom, every day before I go to school, says, hi, Marcelo, how are you today? I hope you have a great day. Remember, I free you, you know? And it's just hilarious because this kid understands that his mom did something incredible and it's around freedom. He says, I'm not allowed to have a bad day at my house i come home and i'm like mom i had a really bad day and she's like really what was so bad about your day did they take your freedom away (laughs) and so uh you know we don't realize just how um special what we have and what we are is to the rest of the world i watched an english woman talk about our second amendment rights and why she felt why she felt grateful that Americans had the second amendment and that we are ingrained with freedom from the minute that we're born. She says, we have the greatest standing militia in the world here in the United States of America. And they would like to take that away. Oh yeah. And she said, and you guys have all tried it all over the world, Australia, uh, you know, obviously in Germany before, uh, before Hitler, uh, that, that was how they, you know, that's how they softened the, the, the fields is they take, any chance we have to defend ourselves. And, you know, they're right. You can't defend yourself from the United States government. Mm -hmm. But even George Washington had a cannon in his front yard, and it wasn't for hunting. (laughs) So, I, you know, talking about the Second Amendment, that's a topic I love to talk about. This morning, and I think this... It protects all the rest of them, doesn't it? It does, it does. It protects all the rest (laughs) of them. What I want to do is... Gavin Newsom. Okay. Did you see the latest video by Gavin Newsom? I can't say that I have, Rebecca. I oh, just... oh, okay. Hold on. I got a call here. This is somebody I want to talk to. Okay. It's Larry, our friend Larry Marker. Okay. Oh, Led. Yeah. Let's see here. <laughs> hey, Larry, how's it going? Uh, doing really well. How about you? Very good. Have you been listening to the show by any chance? 
I have not. I just got out of a meeting, got back in the in the car, and said, holy mackerel, this is perfect timing. Well, that's fine. It's perfect timing. I, I got a few minutes uh, to, to finish out the uh, segment, and we can talk about the referendum that is currently underway in the state of New Mexico. Now, You were part of the previous one, weren't you, Rebecca? Uh, what, trying well, to impeach MLG? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I I want to make sure that I collected a lot of petitions for that. Yes, you did. And yeah, thousands of them. (laughs) Thousands upon thousands. Thousands upon thousands of them. It was in it was in the tens of thousands. Absolutely. Um, I would like to talk about the referendum. Yeah. Well, Larry's got a lot of info on the referendum. Okay. Now, Larry is one of the people that has been leading, heading up this effort, along with a whole bunch of other freedom fighters that we know, uh, in which they're they're setting up places around the state, um, in which they are collecting signatures to have uh, some of these really, really, um, in my opinion, unconstitutional. Um, socialistic bills um, gotten rid of that the, the legislature passed in the last session. Now, Larry's got a lot of info about that. Larry, why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit about what you're doing? Okay, the, the referendum project, as we call it, is actually the foundation for this. This project has been built since 2019 in the multiple different represent, re, referendum attempts that have been have been tried here in New Mexico, and, and the Secretary of State continues to stop them illegally. By the way, absolutely. But what we have is uh, we started we started putting a coalition together in December because we knew the legislative session was going to be a dumpster fire, and it honestly was. So what we did is we built this coalition. I went up to Santa Fe prior to the legislative session, discussed with the caucus what we were planning on doing. David Gallegos took me up there. He's always on board for my craziness. But anyway. God bless, David. Up, yeah. Yeah, and sure enough, sure enough, uh, right on cue, our legislature passed a bunch of stuff. It just it just can't be tolerated. So we uh, HB7 was the first one we were able to get to get a hold of. Hey, Larry, why don't we you our, just quickly um, explain to everybody what each of these uh, bills were that they are trying to pass? Okay, H- HB7, HB7 is the worst one. That is the, uh, what we would call the, they call it the Gender Affirming Health Care Act. What HB7 does, it allows, it actually allows a school to prescribe uh, abortion pills or, transi- or, or hormone-blocking transitioning drugs to Two students without without parental consent. When you combine HB seven, HB seven, SB thirteen, uh, HB two hundred seven, and SB three ninety seven, when you combine all of those together, you're basically making New Mexico a sanctuary state for any and all kinds of amazing, amazingly egregious acts of violence toward towards children. Now there are two election laws, ASP 180 and HB 4, but the the main focus of this referendum project, obviously, we're going to have to get our we're going to have to get our uh, our elections squared away. But what has caught most people's attention are the uh, the specific the specific laws that violate the uh, that prevent the parents from having a right to know what's going on with their kids in schools. As a matter of fact, HB7 
makes it illegal for a teacher to tell a parent if a student is receiving transitioning surgery or transitioning. I'm not, it would be hard to tell if we weren't receiving surgery, I'm sure. But if a student is going through the transitioning process in school, Without the parents' knowledge, I had to get back. See, to I, I don't know how I don't know any any way how they justify this about medical inter, intervention on your child without your knowledge. I that's just beyond belief. You can't even give them an aspirin if they have a headache without the parents' uh, consent, but you can give them transgender. Well, in in three ninety seven, three ninety seven actually makes the law, and and. Actually, this, this is amazing. This is truly amazing. And I'm going over some of the talking points here while we're talking. Three nine, and every time I read this, I'm stunned even more. 397 actually allows for school-based health clinics to facilitate all of this stuff. Now, when you get into SB 13, if you go to Section 6 and SB 13, it actually makes electronic communications that discourage or inhibit any type of activity related to what HB7 passes, it makes it illegal for third parties. We are third parties, so Becca, most of what you do is going to be illegal after the, after next Friday. Oh, wonderful. And that, that is in this country. When I tell people that, they don't believe it. I say, read the bill. Yeah. It, it's amazing. If people so would I read these bills. Go off for three hours. You know how we defeated sick leave? We got people to read that seven-page bill. That's how we defeated it over and over again is, is we got people to read the seven-page bill. And once they realized that that was going to affect their brother's little business and uh, their cousin's business um, and everybody that they knew, they got on board and said, no, this isn't what we need. So I couldn't agree with you more. I wish more people would read all of these bills, Larry, but you know you know how it is. I know how it is. Um, we, we've got to be the messengers for these things, and um, I support you guys 100%. I think I've signed three of the referendums. I'm not sure exactly how many of them I've done at this point, but I know um, my friend Pablo Martinez is working the other side of it. And uh, and so I know I've signed a few of them, but please tell us where these locations are going to be mm-hmm. so we can get For out sure. there and get people signing. Well, the, the easiest way, we've got locations in multiple different parts of the state. The easiest way to find those locations or actually download print out and sign the bill yourself and mail it in to me is you can go to better together new mexico.org go to the referendum project you can go to bad bills new mexico.com or if you're kind of a hick and you can't remember all that just go to larrymarker.com that's where <laughs> that's where that's where my buddies go because that's about all we can remember but go to any of those three sites it'll give you all of the it'll give you all of the information the bills are there so you can read them. It'll give you talking points. The key to this and the reason this is working so well is the, the team that we put together that's all come on board. Everybody's legitimate. You mentioned Pablo. A lot of experience in, in stuff like this. I've got a lot I know of experience Carla in real stuff well like too. this in court. Good bunch. Yeah, Carla, the Sontags, they've done a fantastic job with this. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Absolutely. The, the amount of talent that we have involved in this. We've got radio stations. We've got, you know, radio stations like this, podcasts, radio shows like this. This thing is blown up all over the state. 
when we initiated this project, the strength of the project was the experience of the people that were involved, involved the original team. There was 26 of us. And that was in December. Well, now the strength of this project is the massive support and the amount of talent that has come on board. It's great. We don't have hundreds of volunteers. We have thousands. It's amazing. Now the focus with the Secretary of State has shifted back into the court system. There's actually a story in the Albuquerque Journal this yep. morning that's actually a bald faced lie. That judge in the in the 13th Judicial District did not affirm or did not agree with the Secretary of State's illegal designation of these laws as exempt from referendum. That is a bald-faced lie. We took We're her to court years complaint. ago and beat her on the same thing when she tried to do donor yes. disclosure laws. Exactly. I mean, this lady's been beat in court multiple times. Why the She's over. afraid of her, I have no idea. <laughs> She's a big ofer in court. She's cost us tons of money, Larry. We've got a, I have a, a cause of action filed in, uh, in Roswell in 5th Judicial District. I've got a hearing on the 22nd. I've actually added a, a request for an emergency injunction to prevent these laws from going into effect because of the chaos and the lies that the Secretary of State has introduced into this process. It's amazing what that yeah. lady says out in public, and nobody, it, it's, Seemingly, it's okay with the rest of the government. Hey, Larry, we're running out of time on this segment. Um, so we're you're, we're going to be doing a uh, a streamathon tomorrow, correct? Yes, we're T- doing a streamathon. Tell everybody about that. This afternoon at six thirty, it kicks off this afternoon at six thirty, goes till nine o'clock, and then from tomorrow nine o'clock to six o'clock in the evening. And by the way, uh, for those listening on the radio, that is Saturday. So that is t- tomorrow is Saturday. So Saturday is when the stream. Okay, of, yeah. 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 It kicks yeah. off tonight and, and it goes into tomorrow, which is Saturday. You're right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, there again, you can go to LarryMarker.com, you know, find the link to the, to the, to watch it, the live stream. Becca Marie's actually going to be on there tomorrow yeah, afternoon. I'm going to join evening. you at like about five o'clock tomorrow. Cause I'm, I'm going to be out dirt biking tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's going to be perfect. We, uh, you can go to Better Together New Mexico to get the, the link for the live stream. We really need as many people who want, as possible watching this. You can actually you can phone in or, or text or email in. We'll send you a, a petition, a petition just or petitions, however, however many you want, and whichever one of these bills that you want to be involved in. You can sign it right there at your kitchen table. Uh, Sign it, put it in an envelope, and send it to P.O. Box 3188. All the instructions are going to be there. You know, we need we need as many di- different type of people involved in this as humanly possible. One thing one thing I've learned about the citizens of the state of New Mexico, outside of the, well, I've learned a lot, but one thing for sure is they're very courageous. All this thing had to do to take off was people needed to have, have knowledge of the facts and have focus. And Larry, that's, what, that's what's created created the, the momentum we have now. Larry, thanks for calling in. We're at the end of the segment. So, uh, everybody, sign that petition. And if you can help out, volunteer to help. Anyway, you know how. What's the what's the website again, Larry, real quick? Go to bettertogethernewmexico.org. Spell it all out. Bettertogethernewmexico.org. BadfieldsNewMexico.com. Or if you can't remember all that, just go to LarryMarker.com. There's an ugly guy there. He'll tell you what to do. Thanks, Larry. I'll talk to you later. Hey, thank you. Uh-huh. See you tomorrow.
All right, you're listening to Freedom Speak with Becca, Mary, and Stella. We will be right back for Hour 3. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> 